Welcome to A Nursing State of Mind. In this podcast series, nurses Linda Groh, who is CEO and Executive Director of AORN, and Dr. Phyllis Quinlan, a coach who specializes in the emotional well-being of nurses, sit down for conversations that reflect on nurse experiences during COVID-19. Their insights will help you strengthen your self-awareness and help you continue providing care with confidence, pride, and satisfaction. Hello, I'm Linda Grove, CEO and Executive Director of the Association of Perioperative Registered Nurses. While this podcast is produced by AORN, this series is for all nurses in every practice area. Our focus today is on watching your emotional signals. Dr. Phyllis Quinlan is with me as our subject matter expert. Dr. Phyllis is a self-care and healing coach who specializes in the emotional well-being of nurses. She is the author of several books, including Rediscovering the Joy of Being a Nurse, a Holistic Approach to Compassion Fatigue. Dr. Phyllis, we know a huge barrier to overcome when deciding to take advantage of mental health and well-being resources is the expectation that nurses are trained to take care of others and therefore should be able to take care of themselves. There's a widespread stigma that nurses are bad patients and do not want to admit that they need help. Can you shed more light on this challenge? It's really ironic, Linda, isn't it? You know, in a caring profession that we look down upon caring for ourselves the way we do. But unfortunately, this is true of most nurses and true of our interprofessional colleagues as well. There's a true reluctance to embrace a moment when you may yourself may need some extra care. There's a clear paradox between having a career in a caring profession, taking college courses on compassion and empathy, and then showing up to your first day at work and told you better toughen up, you know, um, if you're going to make it, and that any demonstration or emotional connection to your patients or the stress of your role, it, you know, is, is just not acceptable. I'm not sure why, but there is a strong subliminal message communicated among nurses for at least the last 42 years of my practice that if you show your feelings you're really demonstrating a sense of weakness and that you're signaling to leaders and to colleagues that you just may not have the right stuff. The irony in all of this is that many organizations are now offering programs targeted at rekindling humanism in uh, professional uh, healthcare providers. So, you know, first you learn it, then you need to toughen up and lose it. And now we're going to retrain you. But when, you know, what the national uh, COVID-19 response illuminated for many of us is that self-care is no longer an added value nicety in an organizational well-being program. Self-care is essential. I am frustrated and I am angry that it took a pandemic and a spike in post-traumatic stress disorder and suicide among healthcare professionals to make the need for self-care an undeniable fact. Linda, we have a window of opportunity here and it will take the collective will and energy of everyone to capitalize on it. We need to offer and encourage well-being programs, self-care programs, and most importantly, mental health programs for our professionals in the same zeal and zest that we offer clinical and professional development program content. We need to signal that participation in these offerings is expected 
and it is a real component in our commitment to lifelong learning. We need to raise the awareness of the signs and symptoms of prolonged stress in our leaders and make support, supportive rounding on the staff an essential element in a leader's role and routine. We need to do these things and we need to signal these things as new elements of transformational leadership and as new elements of a healthy work environment. Thank you, Dr. Phyllis, for your kind words and the reflections that you did on this challenge. Are there one or two signs or symptoms of prolonged stress when someone does need additional support and intervention? Yes, uh, I'm really glad you asked that question, Linda. Um, you know, because we're, we're very good at doing purposeful rounding for our patients and their families. But I, I really do think, as I shared uh, in, in my answer, that we need to start doing purposeful rounding for our staff and making sure that they're intact, fully appreciating that what we've all just been through is so aberrant from what we've all been through in the past, that nothing is like this. So if you, know, if you are in a leadership role and you are expecting that your staff should bounce back from this experience the way they might bounce back from a difficult shift or a bad couple of days, um, those are unrealistic expectations and you're certainly not really putting yourself forth as a service leader. Remember, transformational leaders are service leaders. So you need to be making rounds with the eye of what can I be doing for my staff? What am I not seeing in my staff? And not go in with a sense of judgment or fixed mind, but to go in with a sense of curiosity. So you look for behavior that is not typical. Someone has a stellar time and attendance record. All of a sudden they're showing up late coming back from break late, or they're taking a lot of mental health days, or maybe getting, you know, definitely getting ill. Um, people who are usually very, very patient are now irritable. People who are usually very social are now choosing to take breaks alone. You know, they're argumentative, uh, body language, just showing the frustration of not being comfortable in their own skin. But the important piece here is not to judge that as if someone's broken, someone's in pain. So you're a professional caregiver in a leadership role. What would you do if you found someone in pain? And in this particular case, it's your staff person that's in pain. So you would obviously take them to a place of privacy and you would create a situation where that person would be hopefully comfortable to share with you that they're having a tough time and maybe they're embarrassed about it, or they're not, they're not being patient with themselves about it, but you need to offer them some space, time, and support so that if someone slipped and fell and broke an arm while they were working, you'd get them to the emergency room. Well, if someone's really needing some support in untying the knot of all the feelings that they and the experiences that the COVID-19 experience, then you need to get them the proper post-traumatic stress support or mental health support or support group support, but you have to make that as acceptable and as necessary and as you know, and put it in a way that is non-judgmental so that you're sharing that they're going to need a little help to get through this. 
And if you have your own story to share, this is a time for you to share that and show your vulnerability so that someone feels that much more comfortable showing you their vulnerability. It, you know, for those that are listening that may be feeling that the knot that they are carrying is still a little tight, I, I really want you to, the last thing I want you to do is isolate. I want you to be able to reach out to friends, families, colleagues, speak to your leadership, ask for huddles or, you know, what we, what, what is known in the industry as code lavenders, where it's a rapid response for the staff so that you have a safe environment to start talking about this. This is not, if you're struggling with, re, with recovering from these experiences, the last place you want to be is stuck in your head. You want to talk. You want to share. And in sharing your experiences and then hearing the experiences of others, that not slowly but surely starts to loosen and you feel more like your old self again. And it's at that point that you're able to lean in and really grow from that experience and never feel as though it broke you and actually made you grow. Thank you, Dr. Phyllis, for shedding light on these challenges that we are all facing now. For additional support, please continue to visit the Wellbeing Initiative webpages. I'm Linda Grow, and thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. We hope you found value in this discussion, and you'll join us next time for a nursing state of mind.